This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. This episode contains spoilers from Akamath and Book of Night, with mentions of the Contemporary Mythos series, Akatar series, and Twilight. For full list, please see show notes. There are also discussions surrounding sexual assault, alcoholism, and suicide. Hi, everybody, and welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. And today we are discussing A Touch of Ruin and A Game of Retribution. These are both by Scarlet St. Clair. And we received A Game of Retribution as an arc, so thank you to Sourcebooks for that. We very much appreciate that. And of course, just because we were given A Game of Retribution, thank you, does not mean that that influences anything that we have to say. At all, as always, our opinions are our own and not influenced. However, <laughs> there is there is something that we want to point out. I think it's important to note that prior to this episode, and we wanted to give transparency like we typically do, um, I typically don't read author's notes unless it's like somebody absolutely like have tattooed on my arm, uh, love. And, but Laura does. So I think it's important to share the author's note for a game of retribution. So you could kind of understand maybe some difficulty that we have as we like go on to record and like discuss this episode a little bit further. So author's note from Scarlet St. Clair from a game of retribution. Here I go. I'm sorry. Feel free to fast forward y'all. If you have followed me for any length of time, you know I began the Hades series because of my readers, though I always felt that Hades was up to something in time he wasn't in the time he wasn't with Persephone in the main series. I especially knew this to the I especially knew this to be true during the events of A Touch of Ruin, but I am not even sure I expected what was going to unfold in Retribution. This book was a bitch to say the least. I fought hard against writing it, and I think there was an element of dread because I was retur- re-returning to a book that dealt with heavily with grief, and I'm only a year into my own journey of with grief. I dreaded facing the feelings, dredging them up, and I dreaded the feedback, too. I was afraid people would compare Hades and Persephone and, once again, elevate his character above hers. And as we all know how much I identify with my girl, I have a soapbox that I like to stand on when people compare the two. And I'm going to use it now because this is important to me. And because it's important to me, I know it's important to the readers. You. This, there is no comparison between Hades and Persephone. There is no elevating one over the other. The foundation I am laying is one of equal partnership, and these books are meant to illustrate their progress towards that. Hades lives in a very big world. He is an immortal god who has existed for thousands of lifetimes. The challenges he faces day to day look very different from Persephone, whose world is so much smaller. I am so dismayed when I see people, women especially, bash Persephone while they glorify Hades. He has just as many issues to work through, no matter how much he professes his love to Persephone. So I just ask you to instead consider their backgrounds and celebrate their differences. I ask you to remember how hard it is 
to face loss and to grieve. And if you cannot remember, then imagine. If you do not wish to imagine, then do not judge, because until you've gone through it, there is nothing to say. With those words, and then I'm going to wrap here because she talks about some of the plot from A Game of Retribution. End scene. That author's note makes me personally, this is my personal opinion, just me, just me, makes me a little bit uncomfortable, right? It is kind of setting like boundaries, like read this book, but it is my preference that you do X, Y, and Z when you read it. And that just makes me feel a little bit of ick. And uh, I do feel like if I hadn't have read that author's note, which um, I read because when I was glancing at it, I saw Soapbox at the end and I was like, ooh, I wonder what this is about. You know, that's me. Uh, but if I hadn't have read it, then I would feel, I think, a little bit different than I do about this book. So that is a just interesting little perspective that I think is important to acknowledge. I mean, I, and I don't know if that's a different discussion to be had of do should authors set parameters for readers to reading their content. But again, that's not what this episode is. Um, but I think it was just important for us to share as we go into discussing um, both A Touch of Ruin and Retribution moving forward and understanding that it, like you said, it might be a little bit difficult because we, we're trying to honor the the author's notes, but understanding that like every, every reader is going to have a different experience and different opinion when it comes to the content that they're reading. Absolutely. And everybody experiences everything differently. So it is, it, it's just a little... You know, it's just a little thing, a little disclaimer. Okay, so I think maybe the best way to start off this series is to talk about some things that we really love. So what are some things that we really, really love here? Uh, these and this. Let's be clear. Both books. We're talking about both yeah. books as they as if they are one. And we'll try to specify when we're talking about certain plot points or different like things. Uh, which one we're referring to. But what we learned, both of us, is that this was very much a ref like it seemed like carbon copies of the same book, which would make sense because Retribution is exactly um, a touch of ruin, but in Hades POV. And in Hades POV, Hades has a lot that goes on that we just didn't see in a touch of ruin. And that was something that I really enjoyed. I really, really enjoyed all of the plot that we get with Hades. Uh, I mean, like spoilers, but that's what we're here for, right? We get the labors. Uh, we have the labors. We have the, uh, the, what, the gray sisters. We, Medusa's thrown in there. We've got a war coming up. We've got Dionysus. We've got assassins. Uh, we have the fates. Hades visits the fates several times. Um, and then we have like everything that's going on with Hera and Theseus, all of that, more of that, please. So much of it. And I mean, I think that's a good jumping point because we already know we have a lot of the returning characters from A Touch of Darkness. You have Persephone and Hecate, obviously Hades. You have some of um, Persephone's friends, Alexa, Sybil, Laoki. I wouldn't say she's a friend at all. Um, Apollo comes back. You have Hermes. We love Hermes. Um but the plot really stems in a retribution. It really stems from Haiti. Everybody knows Haiti's weakness now and it's Persephone. So what is what, you know, what what do we do? We want to focus on, you know, anybody's weakness. So um, so what does and, and you said this well, um, we know that 
at the end of A Touch of Ruin, a war is coming. So now when you're starting Retribution, you know that there's a war coming. And there's things that lead up to where we go to the end, but how we get to the war, who the players might be involved, what those players might need. Uh, that main player is Hera. She wants to overthrow Zeus. And again, again, again. <laughs> this is like her, like what, second or third time to try yeah. to overthrow Zeus. Yeah, I love it. She's like, hey, Hades, help me overthrow Zeus. And Hades is like, nah. <laughs> no. I, we, we went through no. this again. How about no? <laughs> Get out of here. But but Hera is just like, oh, okay, you want to say no? All right, but like, what do you want to do with Persephone besides have sex with her? And he's like, <laughs> I want to marry her. He's like, well, what am I, the goddess of? <laughs> um, so then we get blackmail and we get um, massive amounts of plot. Uh, here's the thing. I very much am here for a female led revolution right okay okay fine with that i do not like that hera is um like kind of using persephone in this way just to kind of like blackmail kind of situation but but uh that is kind of addressed in in a throwaway line they were like yeah well that's that that's how gods like do it like gods this is a god yeah like this god's is game. god's game yeah, yeah like that that is how we play um i think it's in uh, reference to like how do we say we're sorry and like lovers say it a different way? But um, I, I do appreciate that plot point. Uh, there are actually, thinking about it, several plot points that I do appreciate. Well, that was the main one because that brings us from start to finish. Because like you said, you have the labors, you have, I mean, and they're sprinkled in, which is, I, I, I like it. I like it. I There are things that I feel like I still learn with Greek mythology because so often we're either with the Hades and Persephone retelling like we are here, but then you have like Dionysus and like Hera with Theseus. Like I'm sure that like happened at some point or Ariadne. I didn't realize is the one who helped Theseus in the labyrinth with the Minotaur. Like there are things that like I know parts of Greek mythology, but I forget how everything is inter intertwined and even after taking a greek mythology class i was just like oh that's right you know which is whatever but i liked when they three of the laborers were the nemean lion the boar and the cretan bull it reminded me of disney's hercules when they had the sketches on the vases mm -hmm. and he was and Her hercules was just defeating them all i'm just gonna gonna watch that after this actually <laughs> So, okay, we, we start off retribution with the horse races, right? The horse races and the introduction of a false oracle, like prophet kind of situation, and the introduction of us, the readers, to relics. And relics are just like a, the, the sticking point, really, through the, for the whole plot. So relics are like what? Like objects imbued by, with like divine... Yeah, and they're to be used if you're not necessarily, like, a magical god because, like, the magis use it or some people with, like, quote-unquote seeing, cap like, seers but not actual seers, they would need the relic to kind of be more, um, I guess, amplify that that trait. So the relics... The relics are kind of the, the the plot point that give us the introduction of Hades as, like, the rich one, right? We get um, 
iniquity and we get all of that kind of plot points. And then we get, uh, you know, Dionysus who, who likes to buy relics and monsters. Can then we learn about the like black market about the monster trade and how, um, we learn about Medusa that way. There, there's just a lot going on here that it makes me uncomfortable to say, but I will say that, and this is really just because of the author's note, but Hades' plot is so heavy and so necessary to, I think, where the story would go because it lays the foundation for like the war and the betrayals and everything that when Hades comes back from the labors and he has killed a Hydra and he's killed the birds and then he beat the shit out of Hercules when he comes back and, and Persephone is like, well, where were you? And, and when Hades is just like, well, shit, I forgot about your thing. Me, the reader is also like, shit, Persephone, he was really busy. You have no idea. Like he had to do all of this other stuff, but then that is the perfect opportunity for them to communicate. And that is our big criticism because they don't. Well, and the, the the whole miscommunication trope, I think, like, from start to finish in both books um, is so heavy, heavy where you understand, that, like, sometimes in, like, whatever it is you're reading, if there's a miscommunication trope, sometimes it's like, oh, you know, like, this would have been so much different. But because it's just like it almost feels like the miscommunication trope is a plot within itself because all you keep screaming at both characters, not just one or the other, at both of them. Both. Equal opportunity here. Yeah. Is, oh my God, just talk. Both of you talk. You both keep saying that you're each other's equals, that you consider yourselves as partners. It's, and and it's one of the things that Persephone says, she goes, you you know, uh, which, which I'm gonna call it. Um, Hades says, well, you didn't ask in one of their many arguments. And she says, these are not questions that you would just like sit down and ask. Like sometimes you would think it would be part of an organic conversation, which I don't disagree with her in that instant because Laura and I, we were talking before saying like, how would you feel if somebody goes and then what happened? And then what happened? Trying to take thousands of years of information in one sitting or like you don't want to be kind of feel like you're nagged for questions or conversations it should be part of an organic conversation which is a frustration that she admittedly has they both they both have so many issues but like laura said these are great opportunities to be like oh okay here's what's going on and and on top of all the other things, just like the blackmail or her writing her articles. What? Was there an ultimatum? He says at one point, and that was a great, and she just looked away. That was a great opportunity to be like, well, now that you said yes, it. Yes, because Yeah, because, and obviously, like, he already had it in the back of his head because he, the, the Cal guy, trust Cal Stavros, who oversaw yep. the- At the races. At the races, who oversaw the company that- um Persephone writes for, he goes, hey, I want this thing from you. And he goes, absolutely not. You're not getting shit from me. I value, he values his relationship with Persephone and their privacy so much. So what does he do? He goes to Persephone and blackmails her. Tell me that wouldn't have been the first thing that I went home and be like, listen to this motherfucker. I don't want you to handle it. I'm handling it. But just to have on your radar. Yeah, I, I just don't, I don't understand the fact that each of them want each other to be a partner and to be, as you say, like equal. Nobody does any of the work about it. All they do is fuck. Yeah. 
that noise. That's all <laughs> they do. And and the thing about it, and Scarlett, I, Jess, I said this to you, Scarlett is clever about this. She has made it so that Hades and Persephone have like full on fucking conversations while they are just like, well, he is balls deep in her because I swear that's just, yeah. Uh, but it makes it easy to skip if you're reading it like the second time, the the spice, because you can just look for the dialogue cues. And if it's not um, make me come or Hades, then it's an actual <laughs> conversation that they're having. So it, it's easy. It's easy to do that. Um, I just I just I just am uncomfortable with the the constant fucking so like just you were saying if this is a story that has become um like spice with plot that's fine that's fine but like it kind of started off with like plot with a little spice so like that's also fine i just uh, you know, that's when where you I'm started at. off with like one thing, and you had it, it's. Mm. <laughs> I know it, it, it's a- it, it's what happened to the original plot of the movie. Um, and I, I told you, I was like, I want smut. Like, I, I, I can give off. I think everybody can be like, let's go to smutty talk. Let's go. Let's see what we want. Um, and there could have been a shift. There could have been a shift. And again, that's fine. I think we just went into it thinking one thing and didn't necessarily get that until we got to retribution with my asterisk being that there's the same amount of smut from i, I won't say smut i'll say it's like spice smut i guess it could be used interchangeably. yeah i'd say so yeah, i would I like, say spicy i like i like the spice that's fine i have yeah, no sp- critique. It's good spice it's good spice i'm not critiquing that but i feel like when I was expecting a Hades POV, I thought I was going to get, like, more insight to the POV and some aspects of it. Um, but I felt like a lot of times I was like, wait, did I just... I did just read this chapter. It came directly from... Like, I just didn't feel like it might have been value-added. I didn't under... Like, it was... I was still getting the same thing. I You know, um, that's just my opinion. That's But then once I, once I realized that that was consistently happening and, like in the last quarter of the book, that's when I was like, I'm just going to skip over some of these scenes because I already knew where the conversation was going. There, I wasn't getting anything different from it. So I would like to talk about something that still bothers me. It, it bothers me. It bothers me. It bothers me. It is Persephone agreeing to not write about Apollo, right? So like, and, and I have it. I have it here. And Hades is like, um, you know, you can't save everyone, my darling. And she's like, I'm not trying to save everyone. Just the ones who are wronged by gods because uh, Apollo hurt Sybil. They preach trust, right? They preach trust. And she says the words. She says she won't. She says she won't. I highlighted that. I go, okay, she, it wasn't like this because she comes back later and she goes, I didn't agree to that. No, you did. I fucking highlighted it. Yeah. Yeah, she did. And then she just gets drunk with her friends and and just does it anyway. Yeah, she dr- Not only did she do it anyway, because it would have been one thing if she just, like, got drunk and typed it out and, like, you know, like a Dear Diary entry. She fucking drunk emailed it to her boss. Yeah. Yeah. And she's a bad friend for doing that. Uh, Sybil did not want her to do that. Like, they were writing... 
they were just like putting it out there, like a journal kind of situation, right? Like nobody was expecting her to like send it to her editor, especially when Sybil uh, said like, don't do this. And she promised Haiti not to do this. And it uh, it was just, and, and, and the other part why, why I'm bringing this up is that she, she breaks her promise and she writes the article and then she is surprised when everything that Haiti said would happen happens. And then she has this, like, I mean, I know she has a lot of feelings in the bottom of her stomach. I know she has a lot of warm feelings there. (laughs) But this one is described as, like, a pit. So she's waiting for Hades to, uh, like... Repercussions of her actions. She's fucking stomping her foot and asking for attention because, like, she did a thing and he didn't respond. And now she's like, hmm, about it. And she is self-aware enough to admit that. She does She does say, like, what do I have to do to get his attention? But she's saying it in a bratty way. But, she's uh, being petulant sometimes. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Not to yeah. say that, like, I'm not saying that that's how she is every time. Because I admittedly said there are certain things in here where I'm like... Not only have I reacted that way, like, not only would I react that way, I have reacted that way. I'm not to say it's right or wrong, but, like, I know I could see where she's coming from in some of these things. Like, when Hades didn't tell her that he went to take care of his ex-girlfriend and put her up and get her a job, and then she was just like, oh, well, I didn't ever want you to find out. Well, I fucking did. Were you never going to tell me? I would have been pissed about that, too, because, of course, you're naturally going to think, are you hiding something? What is there to hide? If there's nothing there, why are you hiding this? That's immediately where my mind would go. Don't doubt your love for me. However, your actions are t- saying otherwise. And that's a big thing that they talk about in this book or the, the, the talk, actions. Uh, talk. I like how you yeah, say talk. Yeah. They, <laughs> scream, they scream that at each other <laughs> okay. over the, and over again. And like, like yeah. So they, <laughs> they whatever, they, the words are said. <laughs> Actions, actions, actions. And they're doing... And that's also pretty toxic, though, if you think about it. The constant throwing each other's words back at each... I understand. I understand where it's like receipts, you know? Like, actions, consequences. You said this. How does it, how does it feel me saying it right back at you? Didn't you just say this? I understand it. Doesn't mean it's healthy. Re- as regularly as they do it. Yeah. No, they are not hot take they're not healthy they're a t- very incredibly toxic relationship um damn uh i completely agree with you about um Laethi. like oh my god just a- absolutely absolutely unacceptable however <laughs> that's i feel like that's this whole conversation we're like i know yes. but on the flip side also like we're we're very <laughs> we're pretty devil's advocate with like on this hand on the other hand I do. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. It it is not an excuse. And like Hecate says, it's not an excuse. And like all praise to Hecate because like, absolutely. But, but here's the thing that I, I as a reader need to remember is that uh, Persephone is like 20, 22. She's like in her mid twenties. Yeah. She graduated. She's done her thing. Okay. Hades is like infinite. Yeah. He has lived so fucking long that it is understandable to me that he would not want to disclose these like things from his past 
right away, right? Because Persephone, let's be really honest here, is not a stable like kind of person. She's pretty volatile. She's all over the place. Love that for her. We love an emotional like 20-year-old learning her powers. We like that. I'm not... But he like, also throws it back at her. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But he... Th- this is the toxic thing oh. that... Yeah. So he... Okay. So Hades... Yeah. Because Hades also says that he uh, was sorry when he wasn't there about with like Lexa and everything. Um, he didn't understand um, that death would be different, uh, you know, for Persephone because he has always treated it like this one thing because that is what it's always been for him. Hades has this kind of mindset too. And I'm bringing this up because again, when, when Persephone is like, well, reassure me because like, what if the fates never put us together? Would you still want me if there weren't any fates? And Hades is just like, what the fuck are you on? Like the fates are like this eternal thing they are so we are that is just like what and hecate says like she was literally they're both very insecure in their relationships Mm -hmm. and that's like just a reflection of like their own insecurities with themselves and i understand that and i understand all of that um but but hecate even says like uh hello like she was literally made for like she was literally made for you by the fates demeter wanted a kid even though she hated you so much uh, and the, the fate said okay bet but guess what we're making her hades soulmate because you hate him so much <laughs> Like, she was literally made for Hades, but they have their own insecurities that they have to, like, figure it out. Because they're still not figured out by the end of both of these books. They oh just know gosh. that they love each other and they fuck each other. Yeah. And, and they talk during their fucking. Okay, so Persephone is famous now. She doesn't want to be famous. She doesn't want her fame to be known for his lover. She wants her own notoriety. Yes. Which I understand. I do do not understand her not realizing that her status would change, that people would notice her, that, like, things would be, like, kind of weird. She's, like, an investigative journalist. Like, you're like you're not ignorant to, like, what ha- like, happens. I don't know. That, that <laughs> aspect of it bothered me, where she was like, um, you know, I don't want to take a driver. I want to walk. And, like, please don't take pictures of me. Meh. I, like... I want to go through the front... The front entrance? Yeah. Okay. I want to okay. be normal. I'm sorry. If I earned anything, I I love a secret entrance. Don't I don't want to go through the main entrance. Bye. Go into yeah. the under even the underground garage. She could have easily just had the, the had Antony drop her off in the underground garage and she could have taken the elevator up. That's still a normal person thing too. It's just these little things that bother me that just compound so much that by the end of it, I'm just like, mm, I really love Hecate. <laughs> I, lo- I love Hecate, but you know what? It, you know what? You know what? That's a Hecate just overall. She is she she is like the perfect like, OK, some people loved Doctor Strange, too. I think it should have been called Scarlet Witch and the Multiverse of Madness or Wanda Maximoff. However you want to say, I think it was a. It's a Wanda movie. It's a Scarlet Witch movie. Um, I feel like that's Hecate was Wanda. She was the saving grace, and she was the voice of reason for both parties. She called both of them out. Like she was not favoring one or the other. She was just so good. She was telling Persephone, "Look, you. He has lived thousands of lives. You have to understand where his perspective is coming from." At the same time, you know, 
uh, Hades will be broody. And she's like, you understand death for thousands of years. She is in her 20s and you're being a shitty boyfriend. And when he, and then when he would try to say something, she would be like, you know what? Fuck you. Fuck you. No, we're not playing this. And you're an alcoholic. So, like, get your shit together. You're both are go- both of you are going to fuck up. And it's important that both of you recognize that you also have to be willing to forgive each other because you're both are going to be in a shitty place time and time again. It's inevitable. Inevitable. Perfect segue. Perfect segue. So they are talking. They're all talking. So Persephone has written about Apollo. Persephone has um, made the guy, the news guy, a deal. She's Cal? like, Cal. She's like dealt with Cal, right? She's like dealing with Dimitri. Oh, no, she- Cal, she didn't. He, she, uh, Hades stopped her when he was at the club or whatever, but Dimitri's her direct boss. But, like, with Cal, she was like, yeah, your face is going to scar. Fuck you. Like, it's, oh, Hades, right, like, yes. transported yeah. him into things. Like, you've been, yeah. Um, so, but, and, and then, and then this whole thing with Lexa, right? This whole thing with Lexa happens. So, like, Lexa gets hit by a car and she's in the hospital and she. To- what they believe is an accident. Yeah, and and after some after some shit happens, and her boyfriend Jason is like really terrible to Persephone, and Persephone begs Hades, and Hades says no, and he doesn't. He like tells her why, but he doesn't tell her enough, not nearly enough about what is going to happen. Um, but then Persephone goes and makes a deal with Apollo, right? Like behind behind his back again, and like makes it and makes a deal with Apollo to like be his friend, which which. That part is kind of cute, uh, but uh, to to heal. But then there's the whole like dialogue about how like you know Apollo only heals physical; he doesn't heal mental. But then when you were talking about like um, hurting each other, so at that point, Hades and Persephone are like fighting, right? And they're so insecure about everything, and like it's all this back and forth, and not telling anybody anything. And there's all of this like background investigation going on that Hades is doing. But Hades and Persephone are like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, like, you know, we are both hurt, you know, I hurt you, and then you hurt me, so now we're even, and Hades is like, no, like, that's how gods play, like, we're lovers, we have to be, like, you know, forgiveness and time, and we have to be okay being angry with each other. Which I liked. Yeah, I do very like, much. And respect. he's like, she's like, I don't want to be angry, I don't want to be upset with you, and he's like, and I, you, but, like... That's life. Like, I know that we're going to get past it, but that doesn't change our feelings of being, like, our emotions. And I like I like that. It's like, we have to feel our feelings. That doesn't mean we want to, but, like, they're there. It is what it is. We have to work through this. And, and the first time that um, Persephone deals with Apollo in the underworld, when she's, you know, she gets there and she's like, you know, you want to treat me as an equal but you called this meeting. You didn't include me. And you had Hades like or Hermes like babysit me like fuck you like make a deal with me. Like I do like and appreciate that. But also another part of me is like <laughs> mentally process what what he did. He he gave a favor. Like, do you understand like a favor? Like, stop talking. And she knows that it's not like one of those things that she doesn't know what a favor is. She knows yeah. it's not like as much as like we try to portray and she's tried to be portrayed as a mortal um, in certain instances. She's she's she knows her mother is a god. She's like is a goddess. She is a goddess. She knows what it means to have these favors and to give a favor. It, it's just like 
funny. You might be book. You might be book smart, but like, it's like stop talking. Like stop talking. <laughs> like stop. Like please. Like you're just you're just like uh. I, but I feel that way a, a few times. Um, I want Medusa. I want. I want this story with Medusa. So I, I want this war, right? Like, yeah, I, I do. I also Ariadne. I didn't like the. I saw her name and I was like, Hosab. Um, but I want to know more. I like that she was like when they were trying to use me to try to find Medusa. I did not want to put that woman through another thing because I think people forget about the history of Medusa. Um. With, like, just the character in general. Everybody knows her. Like, a lot of people know her as, like, oh, you look at her, you turn to stone. But, like, she as, like, uh, you know, this people, for, I think people forget that Medusa, trigger warning, sexual assault, was, like, raped. And then she was the one who was victimized. And the men continued to get away with it. So I want to know more of Medusa's story or how it's going to be written in the series. Because Ariadne is a detective here. You know, like, everybody has, like, you know, different pulls and different backgrounds. You know, like, we have Persephone. She's a journalist, you know. Um so I, I want more of her. I want to know her background and I want her to be like, I, I just love, I, I want more Medusa stories in general for us to see the, the actual background of Medusa, kind of like with the first Maleficent that people don't realize how and why Malefic- Maleficent came to be. Now you got me thinking about it. Okay. So, <laughs> so Theseus... Theseus and Hera are the ones behind the war, and they want to uh, collect relics and monsters to arm the demigods and mortals, uh, the um, to rise impious. up against the Olympians. Yes. Yeah, to rise up and overthrow the Olympians. So to do that, they basically want to do what the Olympians did to the Titans. Yes. Yeah. So to do that, they have to figure out how to, like, kill gods. So that is why Hera started the 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 trials. The uh, yeah, the labors with uh, Hades. So the first one with the, the hydra, with the venom, and then the birds, and then the thing. They figured out, right, how to kill uh, divine beings. And that is proven when the um, the gray e I don't know how to say it because I didn't have the audiobook but it's like the gray sisters uh, that share the eye and the tooth they are found dead um, because they they had been like purchased right by Dionysus and his like little monster empire but they had been found dead so um, Theseus like is behind all of that who he doesn't want he he's involved with the mortal like tree they call him the triad but it's it's kind of like their ox kind of thing mm-hmm. um and you later find out later in the book he's like i need you to wipe my name from like any affiliation you have with me because he knows he knows there's gonna be this rising because he's part of it he's leading it yeah because he's part of it and he's he's leading it and something that is really interesting here is that they do say that um demigods are a problem because they there isn't like a an exact count of how many that of them yeah, there everyone's are fucking around. Yeah, and there isn't like a, a a good way to figure out like what their powers are because they all like manifest differently. Um, there is a little plot point in here that I want to point out that isn't resolved that bothers the shit out of me, and that would be Felix. Felix is on page one sixty nine. Felix is just being tortured in Tartarus, and he starts threatening Persephone. 
And he's like, you know, you motherfucker, I'll kill you and your lover. Um, and, he, and Hades is like, what did you say? And he's like, that's right. I know about your lover, the blonde. She takes up most of your time and your thoughts. The point being that, like, he is so deep in Tartarus that there is absolutely no way that he would be able to know any of that information. Or should be. And yes. that's why Hades was, was like, yes, I think it was Thanatos or Ilias. He goes, how the hell does he know? About-? There is the second you get into that, that Tartarus border, nothing should be passed here. Yeah, and it is just really, really wild. That is just not brought up, like, again. And it's just like, mm, I, don't, I don't know. It's, it's mm, I don't know. My only note for that says, agrees with this torture method. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Because he goes, uh, each time Hades took aim with another second, uh, with another, uh, was another second spent wondering if this blow would be his last. It was a horror. Oh, it was the same horrible agony the man had put his victims through. I'm a firm believer in that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you did X, Y, and Z to this person? That is your torture method. Um, so we didn't really talk about the first um, the first labor. The first labor that Hades has to do is he has to go kill Briarius, Bri- Bri- yeah. uh, which is very sad. He was a many-headed like monster or anything that he helped. Was nice. He was really nice, and they helped. he helped um, um, defeat Hera in the first uprising, so that's why she wanted him like dead, which is like really shitty and really sad, and that whole thing is really sad. But he goes to the fates, right? Hades does. And he's like, what is it going to cost me to kill this guy? And he's like, you know, it's going to be like another like giant like soul. I thought it was going to be Lexa. Yeah, so did I. So did I. And I do really love here, though, that Hades does go and confirm. Because Hades, after Lexa, Hades goes and is like, yo, was that me? Did I do that? Is that what this is? Am I causing my my love strife? Yeah. And he goes, and um, do not fret, good counselor said Clotho, your bargain with Briore, said, I can't say her name, I'm not going to, will only ruin your life. So I, I like that a lot. Like, not only is Hades, like, not responsible for that at all, like, has no guilt on that, but the fates themselves say, like, yeah, no, but this the thing that's going to happen, though, is going to fuck your world up. So, like, be ready for that. And I did like that because we are all assuming that we are getting to a war at some point. So I like the the tension, you know? I do like the tension. Do I like that he beat the shit out of Hercules? No. I, I just didn't like that. It was very Fight Club to me, and I was just like, meh. Uh, didn't, didn't need the visual, um, but, you know. What I was going to ask, or maybe just comment on, so basically... So, obviously, there was such a nice exchange. Hera's like, I need you to kill, kill Briaris. And Hades, he doesn't even kill him. He was just like, it's my time. It's ready to go. Let's have one less drink together. It was so nice about it. But Hera is like, she's having everybody else do that. She doesn't have to lift a finger. She has Hades doing all her dirty work. Who are like, who are, you know, she's basically thinking like who are the people that i'm up against okay well i don't want to have to kill hydra i'll make hades do that i don't have to i don't want to have to kill this and then like even at the end of the book whatever that thing was begins with an o he came back because he was the thing that defeated the titans who could have helped bring back the titans and they killed him The monster I was referring to was Ophiotaurus. <laughs> Sorry, we took us a moment there. 
Okay, so the big quote here that I just that I just looked at is, um, make, make no mistake, my lady, I would burn for you and then burn the world for you. And then the other one is, um, like, Hades, what's your greatest weakness? And you like, the answer is you. Those are the two, like, really big romantic things that are said here, I think, over and over and again. Oh, yeah, he'd burn the world. Anybody could burn the world for me. I love that. <laughs> right? Like, damn. Um Oh, but then, like, I love when when um, Persephone gets into her powers because she's in that the, the forest of despair, and she thinks she sees the vision. Well, she thinks she's seeing Hades and Laoki fucking, and then she's like, "You'd burn the world for me. I'll fucking ruin yours." And she like decimates everything in the underworld. I kind of love that shit. That is my favorite part. That is my I favorite book. It. You in, know. Yeah. What that reminded me of, Doctor Strange 2 spoilers, you know when they're in the orchard, from mm-hmm. the Garmish orchard, that's what that reminds me of. It's all great, it's all pretty, and then, you know, Wanda has her shit, and all of a sudden, she's like, oh, what gave it away? And then everything just turns to, like, death. Ah, oh, I loved that. That's exactly what I thought of. Yeah, it is absolutely amazing. Uh absolutely my favorite part i like that hecate has to come and, it, and and she like comforts her immediately and like you know does the magic it's also like that that female relationship mm-hmm. right that's like you know how we talk about in akamath where it's like more saving favorite in that like despair moment to calm her down to bring her back like that's that same heck like even hades knew that he couldn't calm her he couldn't he's like i'm the last person she wants to talk to see like i am the reason of her despair even though I didn't do anything visually she believes I have right now. And Hecate's like, it's fine. It's okay. My love, my sweet, my friend, like it's just breathe. Like I I just, I really, I like that. I like their friendship. I just wish Persephone listened to her more. Uh, Lathy, I want to talk about her just a little bit more. Uh, And to do that, we have to talk about Demeter. I really dislike the toxic relationship um, between Demeter and her mom, but like I understand, like I get it. Demeter it's, it's and her mom, plot. or you mean Persephone? And Persephone her mom. and her mom. Oh, uh, sorry, Persephone, and your mom. Like I understand the plot device. I understand what it is. I understand the trauma. Like I get it. Um, that doesn't mean that I have to like it. I don't. Um, but there's just so much. Like Demeter's the one that freed Lathy from the tree, and she threatened her the whole time. She's also, you know behind Lathy, like, taking her more kind of, you know, to iniquity and, and you know, everything yeah. that kind of happens there is because the of Demeter. Yeah. 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 Well, and that's why I think when this all came to fruition and Laoki, like, admitted to it, Persephone was like, I'm not going to fault you because I'm scared of shit as my, from my mother, too. So I, I get that. I'm just constantly thinking that Persephone's a better person than I am because fuck all that shit. <laughs> yeah, would not fuck all that shit. Die. So whenever Hades is like, holy shit, like, I don't deserve her. I, look, same, because that's not how I reacted either. Um, interesting, though, that Loki's fear of Demeter is greater than her fear of Hades because traditionally speaking yeah you have all these gods but who are the who are the big three zeus poseidon and hades i'm sorry what does the god of the afterlife want i'm gonna side with him whatever he wants i you're t- i feel like i'd basically get like full immunity if he's like if i tell him everything it's like i'll tell you everything 
but please like offer me protection for the rest of my life. Yes, yes, yes. And as long as we're talking about gods. Um, so Apollo, Apollo has Persephone like judge a singing contest and then he like has her in like another, she's in like that dress for that other thing that she has to do. Um, the one that she gets like really drunk and like mm-hmm. throws up everywhere and like skins her knees <laughs> and like throws up everywhere. Um, oh, 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 I know. Right. It's like, oh, oh, Persephone, uh, would like to see some fan art of that dress. The uh, mesh with the gold. Yeah. yeah. That sounds quite lovely would like to see um you know it's just it's just the the plot that is happening like the and the so i do like that it that persephone does finally ask hades like why don't you like apollo why have you made it like so fucking weird this whole time like you got out of bed when i first mentioned it and like now but now on page 346 of a 441 book uh, she, uh, Hades finally tells her, like, exactly what happened with Apollo, why there's bad blood, like, what is going on, like, all of that. And I appreciate the communication. I just, like, I, uh, I, he says, like, I tend to want to forget that part of my life, Persephone, um, though it seemed not to want to forget him. Y- you know, just, like, stuff like that. It's like, but that reminds me of, um, oh, we're reading that really fun Greek mythology contemporary mythos series by Carly Spade. And they have a lot of like flashbacks with the gods there. And they openly say like, that was a different part, not only a different part of my life, but a different timeline, like a different part of history in the world. Like how things were then doesn't mean that's how they are now. And I like that part of the conversation and the dialogue that's happening. You just don't see, like, that's essentially what he's alluding to when he says that. But because there's no communication and there's no, like, discussions about it, how is she supposed to know? She's lived for 20-something years. Of course things were different when the gods, like, people glorified the gods as in a way, like, religious figures and not just, and this is mentioned in the first book, A Touch of Darkness, more of celebrity figures. Yeah, and, well, that, I have to remind myself that Persephone has only been, like, in the world or whatever for, like, four years. So, like, she, so that is, yeah, yeah, and that is where her empathy um, comes from, too, uh, for, like, Katie's ex or whatever, but, it is, it, is, it is just really wild. Um, I like... No, scratch. I love her friendship with Hermes. Like, I just... I really like Hermes. He's the comic relief that everybody needs. Um, does Hades have to have his dick out all the time when Hermes is around? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know why we need that detail. Wait, but I didn't think it was intentional. I thought it was, like, Hermes with his, like... Because he says it. He goes, you know, when... Uh, when he felt betrayed by Hermes and he's choking him oh, in the elevator. Like, <laughs> he's, he's like, like I, I imagined it differently. <laughs> that so, was like, great. I feel like when Hermes drops in, it's because he just kind of, without consent, wants his peak, you know? <laughs> like, it's like, uh, I don't know. Just, you know, th- there are some details here that I just felt could have been kind of skipped over in favor for more plot but that is just my opinion because i like plot for example i understand the importance of the nude picture scenes i get it they're vulnerable they're you know all i i get it 
um, could have skipped for me personally. No value added for me personally. Right. No, I was going to, because I, I told you um, when I saw that, I I didn't get anything from it except for, oh, this is like that scene in Fifty Shades. Like, yeah. that's all that I remembered. Um, I thought that, I not don't get me wrong, I think that scene is really cute in Fifty Shades. I think it's great. It's for them. Um, but because, again, a game of retribution is so, like, we get so much more plot in in my opinion, and I think your opinion too, we had so much more plot and retribution as opposed to ruin that um, I just wanted more of that. And we haven't even touched on like Helios and the cows. Um, <laughs> Rosie! Rosie! Like, he, he, <laughs> he was, was so, so happy. He was so happy. And we already knew that Hecate named them all and, he- and Hades is like, what the fuck ever. And then, and then when Helios gets Rosie back, he's like, what about the rest? And he's like, for everything we fucking work through, you'll get more rosies. Like, I don't know. You'll get them back. (laughs) Because I don't think you read A Game of Fate, but there's a whole, like, storyline about him taking the cows in A Game of Fate that he was only going to take a couple. Um, He was only going to take, like, seven or eight, something. But then he had to rush off and do something because the person... Oh, yeah, they they mentioned that here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And he's like, ah, fuck it, I don't have time. And he just just takes them all. Yeah. She's like, ah. (laughs) That is also a reference, too, because he's like, Zeus, um, Zeus, like, call the council, right? Yes, yes, yes. Like, the the Grey Sisters are dead. Like, call the council. Shit's going down. Like, you call the council for less. And he's like, oh, those fucking cows. Yeah, (laughs) that's what I... (laughs) It was the cows he was like who took my cows and Hades was like i got shit to do yeah well and that goes to kind of what demeter has said throughout this like you know there are no consequences for gods right like the sun continued to shine like you know whatever um and and then they do focus on how usually it's the women that are punished and not like the men got you know all all of that is valid all of that is valid um Demeter is confronted twice, right? She's confronted privately with uh, Persephone in A Touch of Ruin. And then she's confronted um, right. publicly with a united front um, in I the underworld. The one. Yeah. yeah. In, in the underworld. And the second one is where Persephone uses her powers and kind of like shakes Demeter up a little bit. Uh, which I thought was kind of great because uh, Hades specifically says, like, you know, she felt Persephone's power building, but she didn't think it was a threat. And now she's really surprised. And, Persephone- and it brought her to her knees. Mm-hmm. But at which point Demeter tries to, like, I don't know if it was, mm, you know, how with, like, toxic parents, they try to be like, you're more like me than you realize, blah, blah. Like, she says that to Persephone. And I don't know if that's to shake her up or if it was just in 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 reference to her powers, but I just feel like maybe we find that out more in Malice. I haven't read Malice yet, or you know, we, there's a touch of chaos that comes, which is a dual. I believe it's the dual POV with both Persephone and Hades, so it's not like two separate books, which is like good because I don't good. I, I don't good. think we need two separate books for everything. I said it in there. Our initial episode with like neon gods and a touch of darkness and i kind of think that with this too i'm sorry and with this too we're almost at the end of this so uh we have to talk about lexa because lexa in the hospital with the car lexa has the uh the deal with apollo from persephone lexa gets better physically lexa does not heal 
mentally, uh, Alexa puts on a show of getting better, and then Alexa um, takes her life and then ends up in the underworld. And Persephone has this a very quick, it is a very quick exchange with her at the river. Um, and this is like after, I believe, that they're officially engaged. Yeah. He, they, yeah. he just proposed to her like on the horses and all that stuff. And yeah. then they were coming back. And Thanatos is like, I have to tell like, you shit. Do some shit. We don't have time. Yeah. Uh, and then they go. And it's, it's a very sad exchange. And, and Persephone is like, um, you know, I'll visit you every day because Lexa's memories are going to get erased so that she can heal. And, um, you know, I'll visit you every day until we're best friends again. I don't know how I feel about that. I understand in this moment, in this moment, when Lexa still has like all of her memories and they're and they're saying it together and it's an equal footing there. And like and Lexa even says she goes, I don't doubt that you will. Yeah. Like, I know you will. Yeah. So so that part of it is like, yes, 100 percent. Of course. Yes. But like after like after that. It, it it's it's a it's a weird it's a weird thing and like Jess you were very insightful when you brought it up earlier oh well I think our conversation before it was just like when I I hadn't thought so much I've read a touch of ruin twice now and Laura you've actually read a touch of ruin twice and I didn't think about it so much this part so much with um, a touch of ruin but then reading the same scene all over again in a retribution it made me it reminded me of um. Book of Night at the end that um, and then in our episode where Laura you had brought up a um, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind which we also have an episode on that of the unfair advantage of those who have those memories um, and then you not having any trying to kind of like rebuild to or mimic a relationship based on what you know that relationship to be and not that person who's kind of like recovering and gaining new memories and i think it's also knowing that lexa is healing she clearly had you know um you know she she was suffering depression she you know she attempted her first you know trigger warning suicide you know ended up in the hospital and then she you know she attempted suicide again and like it happened and then who she is or who she will be healed won't necessarily be the same person that Persephone knew. Um, so I think it's just interesting that there's this also assumption that the people that we have, you know, relationships with in our life, however somebody's healing journey is, um, that doesn't mean they're going to be the same person that you want them to be also. I really love that you said want because that is such an important thing. It's like, this is what you, and that is something that Haiti says. And, and I think Hecate says too, it's like, no, Persephone, like, this is what you want. And this is because you can't deal with losing somebody. This is because you can't process these feelings. You are being selfish about Lexa. Like, she doesn't want to be here. Like, all, all of that stuff. Well, that discussion happens when they're talking about, like, she's in limbo right now. Yeah. It's not what you want. Like, what does Lexa want? And that's a continuous conversation. You brought it up with Sybil. What does Sybil want? And then Hades brings it up when he's working with people for, like, um, for like the bargaining and he's like okay that's great you want that person to live but like what does that person want like they're you know when he the one person wanted his grandmother to like live longer he's like okay but yeah it it is very interesting it's very it's 
It's very sad. It's very, very sad thing. Very sad thing. Um, something that isn't sad is that we are in the last part of this book, and that is the gala, right? This is the last, the last little gala that we have here. We have the official proposal with the ring. Um, I want to see a ring. I want to see a mock-up of this yeah. ring. You know how everybody has, like, the idea of what they think uh, Feyre's ring is or what Aelin's ring is? Like, I want to know what people think Persephone's ring looks like. Yeah, it's because it sounds gorgeous. It sounds gorgeous. Would like to know. Uh, we get Lexa's, uh, like, dedication, right, for her her garden. Our, like, memorial garden. Yeah. yeah, that'll be very sweet. Um, and then we get, um, as we mentioned earlier, we get the resurrection um, but it's the Alexis Sedaris Memorial Garden, a therapy garden for residents of the Halcyon will include a magnificent glass-like sculpture. I'm only saying that because glass-like made me chuckle. I was like, what's it going to be? <laughs> please tell me. Please tell me. Please tell me. Uh, but then the monster is resurrected and that kind of like puts us again on the um, like war kind of plot yeah. line, which kind of really drives it in. And then this ends with snow. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, it's snowing in the summer. And we knew that at the end of A Touch of Ruin. Or, yeah, A Touch of Ruin. We knew that it was snowing. And um, and Persephone says, oh, like, that's so weird. Um, what does that mean? And at the end of Retribution, or at the end of Ruin, he goes, oh, it means war is coming. And we get that again, with, but with the added information of... That's Demeter controlling the weather. Um, it's snowing in the middle of summer, and he makes the comment of, oh, the war is coming, and with the internal thought, and you are at the center of it. Like, she doesn't, which is, like, I don't know if he was, like, thinking you as in towards Persephone, or you as in, like, talking to himself in that, like, oh, you're such an idiot. Um Or if it was, like, you as in, like, an us, like, we're at the center of it, because, like, they go hand in hand, yeah. basically. So, um, but that's where we are now. <laughs> Two things we didn't talk about. We didn't talk about Hades going to visit um, Aphrodite, which I thought was a very cute kind of scene. Oh, when he's like, I need help. I'm being yeah. shitty boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, when he's asking for advice. I just thought that was really sweet. I did really enjoy that. And then we did not talk about Persephone's almost sexual assault. I think we can oh. just kind of... Um, gloss over that because that's a myth like that's a myth so like look that up if you are interested in that but um ick 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 taken advantage of by a janitor and somebody that you had shown like nice and a little bit of attention to and kindness to gross well and that's what he said he said that and you know what the 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 biggest unfortunate part about this is that yeah it's a myth here but like that shit happens all the time like huge all the time obviously but like that happens regularly which is why so often women are like you know what what we we're on like both sides of everything we're either like really nice because we're like oh yeah thanks no thanks you know we try to be pleasant about it because we don't want you know we we are like in fight or fight mode. We want to like survival. And then on the other end of it, it's like if you completely disregard something you're some or something or someone of a situation that that's also like the, the, you can't win being, you know, being female. So, you know, and that's here we are. Here we are. And Hades like comes in, you know, Persephone, all of it. It doesn't happen. But it is a myth, and um, Scarlet St. Clair does have the myth in the back of the book. If you're interested, please read about it. It is just not something that we should harp on right now because, like, you know why? There's there's so much other there's so much other stuff, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, since we're at the end, do you – I know I've been open in my opinion. Do you feel like this needed to be two books? No. This did not need to be two books. This could have been just one maybe like kind of thick book. And that would have been fine. I would have had no pro- like no problem with that because the frustration that I have, minus my frustrations with Persephone, which are consistent from our Touch of Darkness episode, is that I do not like reading the same thing over and over again. I, ju- I just don't. Like, I-, I know that the fans very much care, like, where Hades went. But, like, I don't, like... I like I like I don't I do in his story because he's doing right. other things. I don't in Persephone's story because she's doing other things. And I trust that it will like all circle back around because that's what a good book does to close the plot. So um yeah, it could have been one one book and that would have been just fine with me. Yeah, and I mean I know that I mean we we mentioned it at the top of the episode with the author's note, but this was a fan demand book. I don't think that she had any um from my history of like f- since I've been following Scarlet since like 2020, there wasn't necessarily like a um an idea of a Hades POV till fans were like we really want it, we really want it, we really which like I understand. I understand as somebody who would, you know, reread the entire Akatar series in a Reese POV, 100%. I totally get it. That's me as a fan. But you also have, like, the Twilight fandoms and the Fifty Shades fandoms. Like, both E.L. James and Stephanie Myers, they completely re- wrote the whole series. I haven't read them in Edward and Christian's point of views. So... I understand where the fan demand comes from. Again, this is, I, I, I'll say, like, I haven't read those. I don't know if those point of views are um, adding to the story, if they're giving anything different, or if it's the same exact story, but the pronouns are switched out instead of he looked at me, it was I looked at her. So I don't know. I don't know. And I'm, and truthfully, I'm not going to go to read them. I had my experiences when I read them, and I don't want those to be altered. Yeah, that's uh, very well said. That, that is very well said because this there is an audience for this. Absolutely no question. It is written because of the audience. Um, I am comfortable saying that I am not the audience for this. And that's fine. Yeah. That is so completely fine. I was lukewarm on A Touch of Darkness. And I've been very clear on that. Like um, Katie and Carly have kind of become my yeah. um, Greek god uh lane and yeah. that is completely fine there is no judgment here uh it is just not my cup of tea yeah same if for, like especially for this part i mean i was open about like my love for a touch of darkness more than neon gods and then we had a reread and then i was like wait i you know and we talked about this before we started recording who i was as a person and as a reader new to the fantasy genre in 2020 when i started reading this and who i am as a reader now um as we are in 2022 or two different like as much as i think i'm like oh i'm the same person like as like i just read different things or look for different things as we all do that being said i don't think like this episode if people are like oh like they didn't love it they didn't or but we we're not saying we loved it we're not saying we didn't hate it but i think it's important to know that like there's a lot of discourse happening about people having opinions, apparently, right now. We're, not, you know, um, but like, take the opportunity to read it for yourself. That's like a big criticism that I have, like, with movie reviews. Why would we listen to a critic 
that's one critic's opinion because with any movie review, you could put like two people in the room. You could have one person who extremely dislikes it and you're going to have another person who extremely likes it. Go and formulate your own opinion because your your own personal experience or just like we talk about like consistently throughout the podcast, your own personal and lived experiences are going to contribute to those reading experiences as well. Just a good example of this uh, from Practical Real Life today. Uh, <laughs> editor Sam and I went to go see Everything Everywhere all at once. And uh, he and I were obviously like raised very differently. Uh, he enjoyed the movie on a very like kind of surface level, you know, kind of awesome. I was sobbing. I was sobbing. I was like heaving in the theater. I got out to the car and had a full on breakdown. So everyone's lived experiences are different. How you experience things are different and everything is for everybody and hits differently. So that is what we are saying here. Just be nice. Just be nice. Who knew it'd be so hard? But as always, thanks y'all for listening. You can follow us on Instagram, Akafe Podcast. We're also both on TikTok, Akafe Laura and Akafe Jessica. If you feel so kind, please feel free to write some nice reviews and give us a five-star reading. Um, But we'll talk to y'all soon. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.